Hi, I'm Susan Clark. And I'm Chris Marie Campbell. Welcome to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. Have you ever wanted to take some of what you've learned on the podcast to the next level? Well, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. To learn more, go to www.thriving.com forward slash team kit. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T. Hi, this is Chris Marie. And this is Susan. And today's episode is about couples and couples utilizing the beauty of conflict. Some of you may not know that we've written the beauty of conflict for couples. And we also lead Couples Alive, which is an in-person workshop up at Haven. And we do virtual Beauty of Conflict for Couples workshops, which we are doing May tw- uh, March 26th and 27th. So coming up. Yeah. So we decided, hey, we'll just talk about, we love putting these programs together. It is definitely a labor of love and fun. And we always get to use our own relationship oh, that, as a learning tool. That's probably, I think, one of the things that I love most about it is it really gives us a health check in looking at our relationship and where we are and what we're doing. And we think it's, you know, even we've had couples that have repeated this program or other programs we've done over and over again, because it's always good to go back. We've repeated it over and over. Well, the reason is you're always in a new place. So you're applying the tools more mindfully and proactively to your current situation. Because let's face it, we've just been through COVID two years, and we're always in a different phase facing different challenges. I mean, maybe you've just gotten together with your partner. You didn't actually live through COVID together. And so you're more in the honeymoon phase and feeling all good and juicy. And there's still, how do you actually make decisions around where you're going to go on vacation or whose house you're going to live in or where you're going to live? Or maybe, you know, you've been together in this two years and it's just, and you have a family and you've just been trying to survive the school, both working from home remotely, whatever it is. And now it, everything has shifted. Like we've talked to a few people we're working with where it's like all of a sudden it's back to the way it was. Not only to the way it was, it feels highly accelerated over to soccer and then onto skiing and dance camp. And, you know, everything is back, school's back in session. And it's, it's a big strain to go from zero to 60 on the kids, emotionally for them and on your family system. And, you know, you've probably, in those sorts of situations, a lot of times the relationship has become more transactional. Like we're just trying to survive and do these things. There's a loss of juice or aliveness and passion for each other because you're focused on the kids or you're focused on your career and you're just getting by. So we think it's really important to be looking at where are you in your relationship and in both our Beauty of Conflict for Couples as well as in the Couples Alive program, we spend a lot of time talking about the dynamics of relationship. And, you know, because we all, you know, have some kind of romance going on. Now, most of the time, we did not talk about that romance. Let's explain that. What does romance mean, Susan? I mean, I know you all the hearts and flowers, but I'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, romance is just, I have this, I have this imagination about how we're going to be and what Susan's going to do and all the great things that are going to happen. I have this perfect picture, but rarely do I let Susan know, you know, this is the picture and you better fit into it 
Otherwise, I'm going to actually be quite frustrated and blame you and try to control you to fit into this picture without ever telling you what the picture is. And you know, the, the irony of that, it happens when you first start, for sure. We're both like have our own expectation. Let me tell you, I had a whole story about what it's going to be like to get involved with an Olympian. Oh, what did you, what well, did well, you no, no, think? I actually want to move from that <laughs> oh. one this time because I think we've, but because it, we've not been together for over 20 years. And so when we started our business, we had a romance around what that was going to be like. When we got our dog, our puppy, we've gone through, we had three on our fourth dog now, uh, you know? Yeah. Because we had Souk and then we had. Bailey, and then we oh, have right. Rosie, and then we have Zuzu. Okay. And all I of them Bailey, are- forgot Bailey, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that- <laughs> so go down that road right now. But those were each their own little romance around what's, what is that going to be like? And those of you that have children, that's a whole romance. We wrote our books, writing a book. Let me tell you, we had very different expectations when we sat down to start the Beauty of Conflict for Teams. So- all I'm saying is that romance thing, anytime you start something new that you can kind of feel that juiciness and you have some joy and like, ooh, this, you can count on the fact that you have some sort of imagination going on in your own mind about what it's going to be like for you and your other to do it together. And if you don't talk about that. Hmm. So that's the key. What we're saying is be aware that you are creating a romance and that externalizing it and talking about your partner is actually a healthy thing to do because they may have a completely different picture of what what you're building and what you're painting and and their role in it for sure. And I think even, you know, you were talking a, a little bit ago, some couples have gotten into a transactional thing. And if you know you've kind of gotten into a transactional way of being, that's the key is to find a new romance. And there's all sorts of things you can do to stir that pot. Like, you know, you could take dance classes, <laughs> you, you know, you could, um, you, there's, you could decide to write a book together. <laughs> you, know? you could, you know, there are- Or learning, anything learning where you're learning together or traveling together, a sense of adventure. And the idea of, it's also one of the ways that you can take that transaction and make it more enlivening is even doing something as simple as a 555, which you'll see that we have an episode called 555, which is just a listening tool where one person shares for five minutes. It's usually on a topic. The next, and the other person just listens. The next five minutes, the other person shares and A listens, and then A and B dialogue the last five minutes. And what you could do it even on is the state of your relationship. And what's going to start to happen is you're going to start to talk more honestly about what you're happy with and what you're not, ideally, that usually raises more of the conflict. But by the way, conflict is juicy. <laughs> it's where you get the charge is the differences. And we tend to stay away from it. And that's why we get stuck in that transaction. But when you do start to talk about it, oh, it's, yeah, it can be scary. And it yeah. can be uncomfortable and there can be tension and you're going to think one person's right, one person's wrong, or it's not okay to want this, you know, but our life is good the way it is. I shouldn't want to, like the thing with us just recently, Chris Marie decided that she needed to repaint. The, <laughs> like the, four different rooms all at all, once. <laughs> all at once. And that is its own project, 
you know, um, it's actually brought back some fun to talk about different times where we've painted together. Now it's really good. We hire someone to come and do the <laughs> painting itself. But she and the person who were doing the, they were having a grand time picking the colors. And well, the whole process of choosing the paint colors, it really is. So this is an area where I have much more sensitivity or desire to choose the paint colors. Susan's like, well, sure. And she gave some input. We made sure there was a room that had a color that she wanted. Uh, I chose the final version of it, hue of it, but it was definitely, you know, it's more important to me. And so she was more willing. You were, tell me where I'm wrong. You were willing to go along with what I chose. Yeah. And I wanted to participate in it too. So it was kind of like, and I, I was willing to kind of say, Hey, you two know this better. So give me hues and I'll give you my opinion and then we'll go from there. Yeah. But so there's an example of, I need to do something different. Now, sometimes Chris Marie will make that same suggestion to me. Like I need to do something different. And it's like, <laughs> you know, but well, uh, you know what you're more recently, tell me where I'm wrong, Susan, but you're involved in leadership flathead. And you also just published your own memoir, yeah. crazy cracked, warm and deep. And you were listening to the school superintendent's talk and you were like, wow, I could really help kids with this crazy cracked warm and deep framework because we had a, a whole cluster of suicides um, in the school districts last year that was quite traumatic for our area. And that crazy cracked warm and deep helping kids come out of that cycle and into health. Yeah. I mean, and I know that's not something that's probably not a passion of yours right. to to do and it's very different than our work but it's also something that I am passionate about and so that's an example like of where we as a couple may choose to do very different things now we work together so we we spend a lot of time doing co-creative things and it's actually one of the loves of our life is writing books together creating this podcast working with teams working with couples we love that and I certainly appreciate when we do have different, you know, activities. I do acting, you do golf and skiing. And I also do the Equus work. And yes. you do, you, you know, there's a variety of different things that you get involved in that are really part of who we each are. Yeah. And that, so that's noticing, are you, especially if you're in the family project zone, have you given up stuff that's important to you that would make you feel more juicy and alive? Are you putting on your own oxygen mask first, as they say on the flights, and taking care of what really inspires you? Because you'll bring more back to the family, you'll bring more back to the relationship. So in our couples work, whether it's the virtual program or whether it's our in-person, the, the beauty, the nice thing about couples lot, it's actually an extended intensive experience. But but online, we also are able, because you're there in your couple, so you can kind of really address where you are in your relationship. And it's an opportunity to kind of look at where are we now and how do we navigate? Where do we let our tension, our own discomfort, stop us from saying what we really need to say? Because in a couple, you're always kind of, I mean, we always are wanting to be independent and autonomous as well as together and you know, bonded. And those two things are often at odds. I mean, I thought when Susan and I first got together that based on my family training, I thought my job was to make sure everything was smooth. So if we had any disagreement, it was like, okay, what do I need to do to fix it? So we can get back to that equilibrium of, oh, we're good. But that was a huge sacrifice to my own aliveness. And I was doing it automatically. Susan wasn't asking me to do this. This is how I was trained. And, you know, I started 
when I started to recognize, you know, this really isn't working. I have a lot of resentment (laughs) and I was blaming her for it when I was the one that was volunteering to make everything smooth. And it's interesting because now you've done so much of your own internal work, you know, and and what's going on. And she shows up, that's Kirsten Marie. She shows up. And what I've learned as you've really come into your own in that is sometimes I can go back to old habits where it's like, okay, she's just trying to control me and telling me what I have to do when really you're just saying what you want. (laughs) And I have to wait a minute. Um, and I, I more recently had to check, is this one of those times where I can actually counter you or can we have a dialogue about it? Or have you already decided like paint colors was one of them. (laughs) And, um, but we had a good, healthy discussion about that piece. And I didn't feel there are certainly times where I was like, this is the way it is when I am clear on an opinion in my area. And I didn't feel that way. I yeah. wasn't as... So in the program, we spend a lot of time kind of laying out the, the map of relationships. And then we talk a lot about how to have what we call boundary in conversations. It's not about getting to the solution, the resolution. That is always so hard in couples to convince them you don't have to solve this right away. And And, and the reason is so often if, and I don't know listeners, if you relate to this, but you're, you know, busy shuttling around the family, doing all the family chores and you start to, you know, get to ready for bed and you're brushing your teeth and you're like, oh, right, we have to uh, send in the application for the private schools. uh, So we're going to go for this one, right? So you're making these big decisions while you're brushing your teeth. So you haven't really given, you know, enough time to sink in and have the conversation. And that's what we often find with couples is they're rushing, just checking off the box, and they are not actually connecting, slowing down and connecting on the topic. And most decisions don't have the immediacy we think they do. And that because a couple, like most likely if you've been together for a while, you're going to stay together for a while. And you could, you know, oh, wait a minute, we don't have to make this right away. We can spend a little more time. Let me just get curious about what's important to you. Without saying, I agree, we're going to do that. Um, You know, this is the process. Because a lot of times we're trying to solve, if we don't slow down and share, well, why, Susan, do you think that Hugh would be better? (laughs) You know, (laughs) if I don't slow down and get underneath how you're putting the world together, we're solving for this top line, but it's not really what is aligned. You know, I don't get any information of what's most important to you, like at a value level. And when we, when couples slow down and do that, you start to see this other human being and start to appreciate them as opposed to just like, ah, you're not doing what I want you to do. Just getting the job done. Yeah. I mean, I mean, one of the things I love about couples is that there is this opportunity because often even when couples are at odds with each other and war with each other about something, just to be able to say, look, at some point you love this person. Otherwise (laughs) you probably didn't get here. So one, if you can remember that, what was it you loved about this person? And then here's this person that I care about who wants something very different to me. You can usually use that to engage your curiosity. And that is so critical. And when you start to engage, why is it so important to them? And explore that then you it can it's so different when it comes eventually time to what you may decide you're going to do mm-hmm. but that could take you could have pretty long conversations about it in you know for a while to kind of get that clear and i think when we're in our stress brain we're just trying to solve the problem we're not in our curiosity we're driving to a solution and that's our you know i just want to let you know that's a real common 
kind of pitfall that we get into when we're dealing with our partner is in that stress brain. Well, I just want you to get it done. And, and it takes away really the connection and the juice and why you actually love spending time with this person. So it's, it's just a commercial for slowing down and connecting and being curious. And, you know, another thing that just makes all the difference in the world, you know, I remember someone saying one time, if you can laugh with your partner and fight with your partner, you'll be, you're good to go. Yeah. You know, and, (laughs) you know, those two things are so vital. How do we play? How do we laugh? How do we Mm -hmm. enjoy each other? Mm -hmm. And then can we fight? Can we have differences or not? And, you know, once you, and it's not a yes or no answer because you can develop both of those, if you pay attention to it or are aware of the need, understand how important it is. Uh, I so agree. I think, uh, you know, both the laughing is you're recreating the goodwill that really helps drive this relationship to connection. And if you know how to fight together, you can show up more fully as you. And either one of those, if you can't do it, it starts to feel really brittle and not much fun. Like Mm -hmm. there's no room for you. And this other person doesn't, you start to think this other person doesn't really care about me. Now that's all shifted because you got together for some good reason. And those (laughs) things are probably evident and they can be reignited. In many different ways. So anyway, we wanted to talk today about that because we are heading into this uh, couples. Yeah. So March 26th and 27th. And, you know, it's really just applying the tools. Maybe, you know, your partnership Maybe you don't, aren't family focused. Maybe you've just gotten together with somebody, and you, but you're in different phases. Like she's retired, and he's um, still working. Yeah, and really, or really at the threshold of some new part of yeah his his or her career. Or you know, parents are aging, and you're going to have to have one move in with you. And how's that oh. going to impact you? That's a huge yes. thing. Or we've even had couples come where they're ending, but they have kids that they need to figure out. They don't want to destroy the family, the relationship, because they're going to have to continue to work together on this common project called kids. You know, they, they really don't want to destroy each other. So they want to learn how to end with more grace and continuity. It's not just a one-time thing. So there's the, the, what I love about doing these programs, one, you're coming with this other person who is your person. (laughs) <laughs> and, and whether you're, you're coming you're, to end with grace and ease or whether you're coming to rejuvenate the passion or you are going to get to spend that time in that coupledom addressing it and working on it. So you can come at any stage in your relationship and use these tools to help deepen it, enrich it and take you to where you want to go next. Because we're going to talk about the stages of relationship. We're going to talk about, like Susan was saying, the boundary in conversation. So we're going to give you tools. And even the beauty of conflict for couples, we talk about how to talk about some really tough, different issues where you're on different, you want different things. And you, you think, oh my gosh, we have irreconcilable differences. And time and time again, we have seen couples that slow down and learn how to have the conversation, not just we've got to decide yes or no, they come up with so many creative options. Yeah, it's really, I mean, that's what's kind of fun about our work. You know, when we're working with a team, that conflict is where that creativity comes from. The really the same is true in a couple, even if it so seems true. irreconcilable. So anyway, if this interests you, have a look. And uh, it's the beauty of conflict for couples through haven.ca. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Okay, take care and good luck with your couple. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Susan here. As a coach, a lot of my time is spent helping clients speak up 
in a direct and honest way in their relationships at home and at work. Chris Marie and I decided to create a speak up kit to help you do that for yourself. It's the best of our best work that we've gathered to help you. To learn more, go to thriveinc.com forward slash speak up. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K-U-P.